the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Yes. I'm your name, J.C. Cooley, and I tell you, wow, I am excited about this show today. I'm so excited about the show, not because the show is talking about myself. <laughs> it's talking about, actually, it's talking about uh, my new book that's coming out, A Black Man Point of View, Mind, Body, and Soul. And uh, Well, yes, the title of the show is called A Black Man's Point of View, Mind, Body, and Soul from the Voices of Other Black Men. And we're going to be talking with the author, um, Dr. James J.C. Cooley, yourself, about you know, the reasoning why you wrote this book. And also... Um, have our guest hosts interview you as well as our fellow guest, Dr. Michael Mantel. He's a keynote speaker and cognitive behavior coach. He will be guest hosting the show today and asking all the great questions. And we also have one of the contributing authors, Jordan Colbert. He's going to talk about his experience working with um, James and also sh- sharing his experience regarding the story um, that he contributed in the book. And we also have retired commander Bernadette M. Semple, and she's going to discuss her review in the book. And she's going to go a little bit more deep into details like a compare and contrast between your book and this other book that was written long, long time ago. So we're going to talk about the topics and content of the book and why it's significant today. And also what is the targeted audience for this book? Like I said, Dr. Michael Mantel, he's a cognitive behavior coach, a keynote speaker and author. We have Jordan Colbert. He's associate director of assistive technology at Yale University. And we have retired commander Bernadette M. Sem- she is a native of Laurelton, Queens. She's a, a, also a wounded warrior, former candidate for the United States Senate and a cyber advisor. She was a cyber advisor to a Trump campaign and CEO of Semple Fidelis Group. So please, everyone, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It is all yours, Dr. Mantel. Oh, my goodness. What a thrill. What an honor. What a privilege. Uh, what a responsibility. <laughs> my goodness. I have uh, been a... Uh, a long admirer of uh, Dr. James and Dr. Michelle Cooley. I've been a guest uh, regularly for a, well over a year now. So when I got the request to host this particular show, to make it all about this wonderful book that I was privileged to, to write the forward to, how could you turn this down? I'd move everything out to have this opportunity. Dr. Cooley, Jordan Colbert and Bernadette Semple, what a great show this is going to be. Phenomenal. I have a question first for Dr. Cooley. Um, now, we, just, we talk so many times during the week, and you always, you always start the phone conversation by saying, Dr. Mantel, I don't want to bother you. I know you're busy. I'm never too busy. But you took the time to write a remarkable book, not just this one, but others as well. I'm curious. The book title, Black Man's Point of View, Mind, Body, and Soul from the Voices of Other Black Men. It's clear that you do not mean this is solely for people of color, black men. Talk a little bit about who this book is really for. I believe, uh, Doc, that this book is for everyone, uh, regardless of uh, race, creed, or color. Uh, it's also uh, it's a good uh, a book for for women and and uh, young men and young young girls all together because it it talks about 
in my opinion, the history of why uh, we are here today. I'm talking about uh, leaving um, our native land, uh, Africa, and how we was brought over uh, to not just the United States, but several other uh, countries as well, and how our contributions that uh, we made in, in building up these countries. And, and But it also discusses that, that uh, uh, regardless of who you are or, or where you come from, there is a purpose, I believe, that God has for each one of us. And just so happened um, over 400 years ago, over 400 years plus, they talk about Christopher Columbus. They talk about all that stuff. But this this is way before all of that stuff. Uh, Africa was invaded and and uh, a lot of the men and women as well was captured and brought away, taken away from their countries to uh, go to a foreign land. And it was treated like second class citizens uh, and and, um, you know, prejudiced just because of the color of the skin. And, and just because uh, of the differences of, of others. But we had to learn through our forefathers and that um, we are people, we got purpose. And even though our forefathers went through all of these things, it taught us a lesson, I believe, that we, you can come together and regardless of the situation or circumstances, you, know, you can teach, you can learn, you can grow, you can forgive, you can forgive in your heart, all the things that happened in the past and turn it to the good. Because we all have to learn to forgive. We all have to learn uh, to understand. But the lesson is that we cannot forget, completely forget about the past. We have to take the past and remember what happened in the past to help build our futures. So I believe that this book is for everybody. Uh, men, women, young, old, black, white, pink, gold, purple. And that's what I was trying to convey in this book. Well, it's a beautiful story, and I appreciate very, very much. And I'm sure our listeners and viewers want to understand how you had the time, or not, not so much how you had the time, I know you made the time, to reveal so much about yourself in this book. You obviously had a passion, a purpose in writing this. Talk a little bit about how it felt to reveal as much as you did about your own background. Well, let me tell you about uh, uh, how I, I decided to write this. I was asked to be uh, in this writing by Dr. Talisha Berry. Uh, it's called uh, The Heart of a Black Man. And uh, I mean, I think that uh, her her book, and it's already released, I think it's, I think it's absolutely wonderful. But as I was writing my piece of the book, it was so much more that I wanted to share that I just couldn't share in in one thousand words. So I and as I was writing uh, my portion of that, God just placed all of these other different thoughts uh, on my heart and my mind that says you need to share this. You need to share you, all of you, how you feel, how you felt, how you learned, uh, the trials and tribulations that you went through. And so as I was writing mine, I decided that I could not stop writing it down. I mean, I finished up uh, my 1,500 words. Next thing you know, I done wrote another chapter. Then next thing you know, uh, something else popped in my heart. I wrote another chapter. Uh, and then I started putting all of these things together. And I thought that, uh, you know, we need to learn what makes us us. What makes us us? And and we need to be able to teach others that you might feel this way today. But if you open up and if you share what's in your heart, you also release the tension, the demons or whatever that might be that could potentially be holding you back. I wanted to share all of those things. So as I was writing this, I said, you know, I, I would never send that like that. I would never share that. But it just came out, dog. Mm -hmm. it came I'm, out. Very, I'm very curious that something you just said, you said that, you know, you heard God gi giving you this purpose, this mission, this drive, this fuel. <clears throat> Not everybody is dialed into that voice. What do you think it is about you and your background that allows you to be dialed into that voice? Well, first of all, 
I'm a believer. Uh, I believe in our Lord and Savior wholeheartedly because uh, many of the experiences that I have endured, many of the trials and tribulations that I have endured. And there is always, there was always a way when you think that God has given up completely on you and you're down to the bottom and you said, there's no nothing else left. Then God always came to me and lift me back up. Mm-hmm. I said, now let me show you how it's done. So you said so you're a believer. So I'm you, a believer. So, you believe, so your belief allows you to say, when I'm lifted up, it must be God. I, I'm curious, of all the chapters you wrote, what was the most difficult? Original love. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, original love uh, was the, probably the most challenging uh, chapter that I wrote in this book because you have to truly be honest with yourself. You have to truly be honest. You have to truly be able to let what's in your heart mm-hmm. speak. And, and a lot of times, we don't want to do that, Doc, because we, we we feel shame about some of the things that we might have done. Uh, we feel shame about the situation that we might be in. We feel shame about a lot of things, and and we don't want to uh, just uh, share those things with 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 anyone. But original love, once you figure it out, that what love is, what love is. And my best definition of love, which was planted in my heart, was love is, you know, it's a list. Love is 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 uh, just respecting everything and everybody. To me, that's what love is: being able to respect respect everything, every living animal, every living person, every living, uh, regardless of what the physical eyes might be seeing. And so that was the most uh, challenging uh, uh, chapter that uh, I had to write because it it made me be true not only to myself, uh, but to the people that are going to read uh, this book. Now, you have chosen 11 other authors. And I'm going to ask you after the break we have a little bit about them. But I have a question. The major co-author of this book, not getting all the accolades and all that is obviously Dr. Michelle Cooley. Can you talk about the inspiration she gives you? And she well, didn't pay me to ask that question. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to be real with you, Doc. I don't I, you believe, always are. I, I don't believe I could have written this book uh, without Michelle uh, uh, on my side. I'm about, I wouldn't say coaching because um, I, I, I sit back and she dictated Everything that I that were popping in my mind, she would write it down before I forget it. And then and so I had uh, all of these references uh, because she took the time uh, to uh, be there for me and understood. She understood what was going on in my mind and my heart. And so uh, she is the real, real culprit of this book because she gave me the time and she and she allowed me uh to just be able to convey what's in my heart. We've got to take a station break, Doc. Uh, but uh, when we come back, we can pick it up from here. I see Michelle just popped in. So we're going to take a station break regardless where you're watching this at. If you want to be part of this conversation, all you have to do is go to the platform that you're watching on. And I tell you, uh, you can ask me, myself or any of these panel members. You can ask Dr. Mantell, uh, Jordan, uh Commander Simple, uh, and one of us, any question you'd like, we, and I promise you, we'll get you out. Yes! Your life, I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll see you shortly. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm Todd Purick, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. 
Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show with your wife. And uh, wow, you know, I'm just uh, just sitting here telling my story and, and a million other things that popped in my, my mind. But, uh, you know, if you want to be part of this conversation, all you got to do is just go to the comments, ask any question that you like. I promise you we'll get it on the screen. Doc, I, I'm turning it back over to you. Okay. So I have a question. I mean, I, I don't know of any people on earth that haven't experienced adversity, discrimination, hate, uh, you know, murder, uh, slavery. I'm curious if we bring your book to 2023, what are, give, give us an example of a relevant problem that you describe in the book in today's world. Yeah, I can, I probably name about a hundred of them. <laughs> At least. One of the things that, that, that we, uh, uh, that I bring up in the book is, you know, people just look at you and they automatically judge, judge you. Uh, they look at you just because of the color of your skin, just because uh, you, you might be in a, a, a place where you, they feel that you don't supposed to be and they automatically judge you right then and there. They don't know anything about you. That's still currently happening today. I can tell you a situation that that, that happened to me not too long ago. I, I was uh, at the gym in the jacuzzi and uh, just in the jacuzzi, just chilling out, talking to people, coming over, talking, talking to me. I'm talking back to them. And this guy was sitting back listening uh, to everything that was going on. And he came, he said, hey, a lot of these folks, they keep coming talking to you. He said, um, if you went to school and got your education and you, you, uh, I mean, he said, you, you probably can be somebody real, real, a real person. You know, I, mean, I looked at him and it was a guy that was right beside me and said, hey, uh, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> he said, you told me he to go, need to go to school and get his education. He can be somebody. Wow. I, I, so things like that happen because people judge you just because they think that you you somebody you 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 got an opportunity you speak well so you got an opportunity just go to school and and, and go to school get your education you you can you can be somebody that uh, that people are going to really really listen to. No, people judge on about everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Just real quick, I was once on the Oprah Winfrey show. I was on her show four times. Uh-huh. One of the times I was on, some of the audience. We're talking back and forth. And she said, you know, I'm not colorblind. I don't see the difference in color. So I asked Oprah to come up next to me. She thought I was crazy, live television. I said, put your cheek next to mine. She went, I said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Cheek to cheek. I said to the woman, you don't see a difference here? I'm not asking you to judge, but don't pretend there's not a difference in color. I keep wearing that guy, a red sweater. I don't see. And then I said to her, ma'am, our job in this country, in this world, in this society is to stop judging Look beyond the outside to that which lies within. Think about what someone can become, not what he or she or they have been. And if we could take your book and we could start to apply what you're teaching us, my goodness, what a world. Isn't that true, Jordan? <laughs> oh, it's, it's so true. You actually were speaking right to my heart. You know, as somebody in the mental health field, that idea of just looking past the judgment and accepting people for who they are on the inside. That's such an important lesson. How did you end up working in mental health and assistive technology? I'm in the mental health field, uh, and I work with that all the time. But I'm curious as to how you brought that and brought it all the way from University of Pennsylvania, go Quakers, to Yale University. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really mental health has been my entire life. So, you know, growing up in the environment that I did in Atlantic City, which, you know, it's been in the top 10 most dangerous cities in America. 
uh, multiple times. And so, you know, that type of environment, I really did get to see a lot of things like substance abuse, homelessness, men- serious mental illness growing up, whether that was with my friends or with my own family or even in myself. And so experiencing these type of things really pushed me to the idea of people need to know that it's okay. You know, you're still human and everybody really does struggle, whether, you know, you're living in Atlantic City or if you're living in Malibu, your struggle is still real because at the University of Pennsylvania, I did actually interact with a lot of people who were from Malibu. And, you know, you think you have all this life and all this wealth and your life is going to be great. But at the same time, everybody struggles. And so seeing that really pushed me towards being somebody in the mental health field. But once I got in that field, I realized, you know, our new generations are developing technology that's incredible. It's changing the world. I mean, you know, we had a nice little conversation about AI before this, but technology and assistive technology specifically is there to help others and bringing in technology to help with mental health disabilities, reading disabilities, cognitive disabilities. The technology allows people to live independently. So that was really how I brought these two together because it was the idea of, you know, I'm young. So I grew up with all this technology, you know, putting it together. And so my two experiences just came together and they kind of married in a nice way. And how did you come to work with uh, Dr. Cooley and, and, and become a contributor to this book? How did that happen? Oh, that, <laughs> that was a, a fun experience. So I, uh, in my, my spare time, I have a, a company I call Opticity XP, which is geared towards making education accessible and making things accessible using technology. And so audiobooks is something that I create for authors. And JC was interviewing a colleague on one of his shows, and they mentioned that they had made an audiobook with me. And JC had just put out his book, Country Boy, City Boy. And so he was interested in making an audiobook. And so we he called me up, we talked a little bit, and I said, Hey, you know, this guy, he's got a really interesting story. I read the book and said, hundred percent, I want you to tell this story. And so we recorded a book together. It took about a year and a half to fully get it all done. You know, we did a lot of work on it. And uh ever since then, JC has been really one of my my biggest, biggest you know, like deepest friends, biggest supporter. And I just love watching all of the great things he's doing and the accolades he throws back at me. So it's, it's been a nice relationship. I'm sure. And uh, it's so easy to love this man and his beautiful bride. It's so easy to respect and admire them. I'm curious about the perspective, the point of view you took in what you wrote for this current book. What was it like uh, from that viewpoint and what led you to choose that? Yeah. So uh, I tend to be somebody who really thinks in metaphors. And a lot of the time, you know, given my background, given all the philosophy and and things like that, that I have a, a nice grasp on, I like to think about the way literature comes alive. And so in writing this, this contribution, I took it from what my heart specifically would be saying as the heart of a biracial man. And so kind of like personifying the idea that my heart is who I am and the heart is who everyone is because everybody is filled with love and that's where the heart comes from. And sometimes that love is not always there, you know, front and center. Sometimes it takes a lot of digging, but everyone's heart has that love in it. And so I wanted to express that from my experience of what my heart has gone through. So as someone in the mental health field, asking someone in the mental health field, you came from a, what many would say was a most adverse beginning in life, uh, family issues, uh, health issues. I mean, it, uh, legal matters with your mom, I believe it was. You went through it all. How did you emerge? What self-talk, what story went through your mind to enable you to move that to the side and to have the vision like Dr. Cooley, like JC is talking about, to have this vision to move forward and grow through it all? Yeah. Well, you know, it it developed over time. And I really just want to say it's, it's kind of funny to think about this because the self-talk really came through the lens of education. Um, 
And at a very early age, before my mom was uh, incarcerated, I liked to play video games, but I couldn't read. And so I always would ask her, can you read this to me? Mm. She looked at me one day and said, Jordan, I'm not always going to be here to read for you. You're going to have to figure out how to get through this game, through these difficult experiences on your own. And that's really important. And from that day forward, she never read it to me. She never read a single thing to me. And I realized if I don't start to develop my mind, if I don't read, if I don't learn, if I don't navigate, I'm not going to make it. And so I spent all of my time really invested in education. I played sports. I had friends. I was very social. I did different things. But at the same time, I was always very deep in thinking, I'm going to navigate this and I'm going to get through this because I'm smart enough to figure this out. We have one minute before the break. Just one quick, very quick question with a quick answer. Do you believe, how do you believe this book is going to help someone else, a young Jordan Colbert, who's in that same spot to turn his life around? It's going to be the idea that this is you. You will see it as a role model because representation matters. And when you see that someone else has gone through this, whether it's any part of my story, you know. He made it, so can I. Thank you very, very much, Jordan. Wow. Thank JC, you. I see why you chose him as a, as a, as a contributing <laughs> author. Wow. <laughs> uh, just, uh, Jordan uh, um, is a re- remarkable young man. Not just a young man. He's only just turned, getting ready to turn 31. And at Yale, I mean, and doing all of these great things, and uh, just an incredible young man. JC, our shirts are our shirts are older than he is. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We're gonna take it to a station break, but I tell you what, we're gonna come back, we're gonna pick it up, and and Commander Bernadette Simple, get ready because you on next. And I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, all you have to do is just go to the platform that you're watching it on. Ask any questions that you might have, and we'll get you an answer. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll see you shortly. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And uh, I tell you, just uh, uh, loving these people that are on this show, handpicked for, uh, to be here to uh, debut, uh, uh, to talk about uh, the upcoming book, A Black Man, Point of View, Mind, Body, and Soul. And uh, Jordan, man, you, you, man you, you, you touched the heart in that last segment, man. I had to, I had to keep from holding back. <laughs> you know, so hey, that's uh, the purpose, right? It's a, it's the heart of a black man, right? The heart right. of a black man, heart of a black man. And I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, all you have to do is go to the comments, and we'll get you an answer. Back to you, Doctor Mantel. Yeah, I really appreciate it. As one mental health person to another, uh, having a Jordan open himself up. And now I want to turn to uh, Commander Semple. Uh, oh, please. Okay. <laughs> Well, how long have you known uh, Dr. Cooley? More than half my life. I met (laughs) him when I had my first tour um, in Guam. It was like 1988 or something around that way. And um, he was the PT coordinator. And he was a great mentor to the Navy because I was brand new. And I had this big job at being the traffic officer there. And it was huge. And he was just a great mentor to me the entire time. 
And I, I really appreciate that because, um, you know, when you come into the Navy for the first time, um, you need mentorship and people that take an interest in you and people that look with you uh, look like you as well. So he was right. a great mentor and I thank him for that. And then um, I think it was 10 years later, 10 or 12 years later, he came to Hawaii to be my assistant, uh, my assistant. Oh, I say I was an officer in charge of the communication station up at the headquarters, U.S. SYNCPAC, and he came to be my number two guy. So it was it was great. Somebody I can trust, someone I could count on. Um, it's always been a great mentor to me. And he tells me that you've been a great boss to him as well. Yeah, so you well, had a, you've got a good relationship. He me first, but he trained me first. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote a beautiful, touching, magnificent review uh, of the book. And um, the book is called The Black Man's Point of View, Mind, Body, and Soul from the Voices of Other Black Men. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're not a black man. No, no. No. So what? what's the essence of the book that touched you the most? Well, like, I'm one of 10 kids, and I have five brothers, and my father is one of 10, so lots of uncles. And we're also descendants of slaves. You know, I was just recently looking and looking at working on my genealogy and realizing my great grandparents were slaves, you know, and the men in the family really did propel our family forward. And so as I was reading, you know, his book, I was like, wait a minute. Um, This reminds me of a book I read when I was in college, freshman year. I took a black history course. I took a sophomore year and it reminded me of the the souls of black folks. Uh That's Bois book, right? Yes, W.E. Du Bois. And in that book, he pretty much lays out a pathway, what we need to do, because at that time it was written in 1903, which is significant because here it is 2023. And he was talking about because about 40 years out of slavery, 1863, 1903. And he was putting out a pathway on what we need to do as a people to move forward. And at the time we were called the Negroes. But and, and it was the same thing. He had five, you know, a bunch of people. Um, putting in their their thing of, of the things that we need to do. And I said, wow, this book, that book told us what we needed to do. And I felt like James' new book tells us how to get there and shows examples of the things that we've done to get there. And so that younger people can look at that and say, all things are possible. Right. You see this as a compendium to W.E. Uh, du Bois' book. Yes, I do. I really do. Because here we are in 160 years um, later, um, my ancestors, um, James Semple and Rosetta Atkins, are two of the founders of Shiloh Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. And there were 12 slaves that walked from Fredericksburg up to Washington, D.C., Georgetown, started this church that's still standing today. It's going to be the 160th anniversary and these people had hope. They weren't, you know, we were coming out of slavery. They ran out of slavery. They, they you know, when the union came, you know, watched in, they were gone up and up into Washington, D.C. And they, they accomplished so much. The first um, graduate in my family was a female and Rosetta Semple. And she graduated 1894 from Howard. We had several people that graduated from Howard. But on my mother's side, they're from Maryland. And then there, they were, you know, enslaved by the Jesuits. So, We've always had that Catholic vehicle to get educated. So we didn't have to go to public school. We could go, we, you know, educated through the Catholic system, Catholic college, whatever. But it seems like in in the last 60 years since civil rights, we've fallen back a little bit. And I think it's we have something we have to really look at as a people to say, why is that? Why is it that we haven't been able to propel ourselves in a way that we were after slavery? We've kind of been in some way stagnant. Some people think we're stagnant, but I think this book shows us that we're not as stagnant as we think we are. So what do you think the answer to that question is? About being stagnant? Yeah. Well, I think um, some of it had to do with integration. I think other things had to do with, you know, the welfare state that came in where they said, okay, when I grew up, when I was growing up um, in the story of Queens, every home had a dad. You know, so we talk about black men. Every home had a dad. Um, I grew up with. Um, African-Americans. They were immigrants. Some of my friends' parents didn't speak English. And then there were Puerto Ricans. And every home had a dad. And all the parents knew each other. All the kids knew each other. It was just a great experience. And then you could see the change when drugs came into the neighborhoods and took out an entire generation, mostly men that were born in the 50s, 
died, got on drugs, and we lost the entire generation there. But, you know, obviously some of us have survived and we need to look at it now because we say, okay, in 1993, you had three, over three million people, black men in jail. And then I'm like, I was writing my thesis on China-Africa connection, right? And I was reading in Chinese um, newspapers, you know, to look at this whole thing, this issue. And they said, you know, United States used to stop trying to control us and human rights when they had three million black men in jail. And I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> I was like, that's, where did that come from? That's the first time I heard it. And so we've lost an entire generation. But at the same time, we still have a significant 50 million people. And we all need to step up to the plate, um, men, women, to take to, to educate the new new young people that are coming up. I think this book tells them that in every um, genre that they want to be in, these this is the way to do it. This is the path to do it. We know what it, you know, 100 years ago, we knew what we needed to do. This book tells us how to get there. I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, uh-huh. uh, in a tough neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fathers had stores there. Uh, when they, in the riots of Newark, they were burning stores down and they would point to my father's store and say, don't leave that, leave that one alone. Leave that one alone. He's good to us. He's good to us. And I grew up with that. I wanted, I want to ask you a quick question. Sure. Is there one lesson that you want society to hear from this book? And you ran for Senate, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. State Senate, yes. State Senate. Dr. Mm-hmm. Cooley has been given the Presidential uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. We're, folks, we are here with impactful leaders. Is there one nugget that you believe is a lesson that young, that can give young people, young black men particularly, a hope to move through this and grow from it? Mm-hmm. All things are possible, but it starts with education. And you look at Jordan, you look at James, I mean, 13 masters, my goodness. Um, you know, it, start, it, starts with, it starts with education. And, and just giving them the love of learning and reading and showing them the world as it is. They have a better opportunity than we do because our, our world is very small. Their world is so large and the possibilities are endless. And, you know, whatever they love they can turn it into something they love. I think that's the biggest thing, doing what you love, doing what you're passionate about and looking at different places. I, I, mean, I spend a lot of time with my nieces and nephews and my great nieces and nephews, you know, they know me. And uh, I have a little nephew that plays three sports right now. I said, well, I'm going to come down and, you know, teach you to run. He said, oh, B, you can't run. I said, how do you know that? Because every time I see you, you're walking. <laughs> I'm like, you little small out. I'll show you. I'll run small, small on you. But um, his parents are very, very involved with him. His father, you know, works hard. But at the same time, he reads to him every night. So you have to spend time with your children. Black men get a bad rack of leaving their children. That's not true. We need to show more black men with their children men and women for the for the girls and the boys it's so important so i I think education is the key though good point good point Mm -hmm. i don't know where we are with our break time yet but uh let me ask you another question yes of course in terms of what the reader is going to take from this there's going they're going to take a lot from their heart they're going to take a lot from their brain they're going to take a lot in their hands and their feet is there something that you think this is a weird question Mm-hmm. that you would have added yourself that wasn't in the book? Hmm. Tough question, huh? I would say that we're American. We're American. We're American, American, American. And we have American ideals, which is you can do anything you can do. We have the smarts. We have the technical, technological know-how. Um, we have people in the past. We have people now, like Jordan. We've had people in the past. You know, people don't realize that coming out of slavery, um, there were 150,000 patents by ex-slaves. 150,000 patents. That's there an were, amazing number. Right. There were 130,000 blacksmiths in the country, and 100,000 were black. People need to know that. So it all starts with education. We need to teach people so that they don't look at us. They think we just came out of slavery and we've just been picking cotton ever since. It's not true. It's not true. We have to change the narrative of who we are and we are important and part of the fabric of America. 
And then and, and that question that I asked you was sort of a trick question because the fact is that Dr. Cooley included that in one way or another in mm-hmm. this magnificent book. Yes. And we're going to toss it back to you, Dr. Cooley, for a quick break. Yeah, well, you know, uh, this this is absolutely fantastic. And I, I know that our viewers and our listeners, they're getting a treat, you know, from all of these brilliant uh, folks that are here. But guess what? It's not over. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to continue these discussions. One thing, Doc, I think, Jordan, aren't, aren't you from Newark as well? Atlantic uh, State. We're both from Jersey. I was just going to say, I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you for a reason. Jordan is from Atlantic City, and you know where I'm from. Guess what? LA. You know we're from the same neighborhood? Yep. And guess what? So you're from Queens? Laurelton, Queens. So our son, Ben, who wrote a nice little review for James, it mm-hmm. lives now in uh, Bayside, Queens. Oh, That's okay. not too far. It's about 10 minutes away, right? What an interesting connection we have. <laughs> I know. I know. We're James, Queens girls. James is the only one from the South. Oh, my <laughs> I tell you what, we're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back. We're going to pick it up. So if you want to be part of this conversation, go to the comments and just ask any question you like, and we'll get you an answer. Yes, your life. Uh, we'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet. The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, and uh, it's uh, just listening to all of these great folks and, you know, sharing their thoughts and their ideas, uh, and it, it, it's just let me know that um, we all, as a team, are doing the right thing, and uh, we're pushing the narrative that you can do and achieve anything that you set your mind to, but one of the most important things is you got to want to. You got to want to. Bernadette mentioned something about education is the key. I believe that's the total key mm-hmm. to being able to step out your comfort zone, get educated, get what we call an understanding so that you can prevail your vision. You know, but you have to focus on one step at a time. You know, so uh, that's so important. And uh, our viewers out there, if you want to be part, it's not too late to be part of this conversation. Let's go to the platform, ask any question you like. And we'll get you an answer. I'm turning back over to you, Dr. Mattel. Thank you very much. You know, the point about education. So as someone who practiced psychology for almost 50 years, a little less, actually, but before I retired from that, there's there's a concept called self-efficacy, which Jordan can uh, uh, comment on as well. But real quickly, and while education is the key, it's like this pill is the answer. But you got to talk to yourself in a way that says, yes, that's important, mm-hmm. but I can do it. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe you can do it, if you believe the stories that have been shoved down our throats, Absolutely. you can't do it because you're this. You can't do it because you're that. You don't deserve to do it. If you believe those stories, education may be the answer, but it's not going to be yours. So you got to mm-hmm. be able to get help to get that story out of your head. Now, we have another guest that popped in, Dr. Lester Freeman. Dr. Freeman, it says you're Dr. Michelle Cooley. We know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I'm not. You had the opportunity to be an author as well, I understand, correct? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. 
Now, instead of asking you the question, and this is why they asked me to be the host, because they know I'm going to come up with all these strange questions. Instead (laughs) of asking the the question about how great the book was, I want to know what did you get out of contributing as an author to the book? First of all, it was an honor to be asked to be a contributor to the book. And it allowed me the opportunity to, to think about very, very, very intimately and very deeply the questions that were asked of me and what I can contribute to the overall narrative. So that, that, that's what I was, that's why I got out of, of being a contributor to the book. Tell me what the essence of your, con- of your story was that you shared in what you wrote. Well, it, was, it talked about the various characters that I ran across on my way to becoming a pediatrician. Um, the, the, the people who, detected at your garage slash driveway. Excuse me. <laughs> um, talk about the people who, who tried to discourage me from becoming a, a, a doctor and a pediatrician, saying that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, uh, I wasn't fortunate enough. And so um, that's what, that's what uh, in, in inspired me to want to do it even more. So you had the view that says, uh, stop me if you think you can, but just speak. The more, the harder you push, the more I'm going to succeed, right? Yes, definitely. Where did that come, did that come from in your life? Well, <clears throat> my parents were very instrumental in, in giving me a vision of what I wanted to be. When I was five years old, uh, I think I said it in the book, uh, my father was uh, going down the line. My brother, my sister, myself, I'm the third of four children, and... Excuse me. And then he asked us what we wanted for Christmas. And so we all told him what we wanted for Christmas. And then he asked me, what would you want to be when you grew up? And no one ever asked me that as a five-year-old. So he whispered in my ear. He said, doctor or lawyer. Ah. So I was like, doctor. Then he said, yay, what kind of doctor? And I said, baby doctor. I mean, it just popped out of my head. And then from that point on, that was my career goal. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I never look. I never look back. And no matter what scenario I was always in, whether it's in my neighborhood, in my school, I was always the oldest, mm-hmm. and I was always the one expected to make sure the other younger younger members of the group were kept in line. And anything that happened to them that that was not good, it was my fault. <laughs> 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 so and today uh, we call malpractice, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I'm so used to being responsible, uh, and uh, even though I was a kid myself, oh, I have a question. Another quick question before I turn. I have a question back for JC, but in a moment. So, so Dr. Freeman, yes, sir. When you look at this book, what do you hope young black kids? who are going to hear about the stories from their parents and others who read the book, what do you hope they gain and grow from uh, this remarkable book? I have told some of the stories that I shared in this book with a lot of my patients and who, you know, of course they're all in pediatric age range from zero to 21 years of age. And they all looked at it. They all assumed that I had a, Nice, clean, even path. I went straight up, you know, from from zero to medical school, and everything was very easy. I was let to know that things weren't easy; that you had to literally fight and and struggle in order to get there. But the struggle was worth it. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, last year, one of the young ladies that used to be one of my patients finished medical school. Oh, wow. And, and so she's at OBGYN now. Congratulations to you. Thank you. I, I want to know, I want to know who in the world had an easy time. My uh, eighth grade teacher at Chancellor Avenue school told me, you know, my mother and father, uh, Mrs. and Mr. Mantel, Michael is not college material. Mm. <laughs> what? I don't, know how to use a, I don't know how to use a screwdriver. Hey, JC, right. real quickly, before we run out of time, what additional takeaways do you want the readers to have regarding your book? You know, I would like for the readers to go on open-minded uh, and just be focused on learning history, learning some history. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, learn things that you can utilize today to focus on the good in everybody. I mean, one of the things that I want people to really focus on, and we'll go over the time, uh, is that I believe that we should not live life the way it is today in our heart, in our mind, our body, and our soul. We should treat and live life on how it should be. How it is today, it's a lot of what you want to call it, made up, phoniness, fakeness. That's To me, that's not how life is supposed to be. We should live and treat people on how life should be tomorrow. I, you so, know, I live in a bubble, and all my friends say, oh, there, there goes Michael again in his bubble, dreaming, keep dreaming. I tell people, join a bubble because it's a lot healthier, a lot more optimal, a lot better, a lot more optimistic in this bubble. Absolutely. There's so much that this world needs to hear from you people. The world needs to hear your hearts, to feel the vibration from your mind and your body and your soul in this book. And this is why I'm here today, because I believe it. I believe this is going to help move us um, an inch or two closer and maybe create other people who will move it an inch or two closer. I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Mantel for hosting the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jordan, my, my very, very good friend, always. Can't wait to hook up with you again. My little sister. Uh, Bernadette, you know, also my boss. Right. <laughs> been my boss for many years. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Freeman, you know, hey, brother-in-law. By the way, uh, uh, Dr. Mantel, you said that that's not uh, him and Michelle are like twins. <laughs> no, I, I figured that. I figured that they were related. <laughs> I yeah, did. Uh, well, they, they actually 10 months apart. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh, I was twins. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'd like to thank Dr. Michelle Cooley for always putting together great programs. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our viewers and our listeners for tuning in to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, same place. It's your life this evening. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. That's CooleyFoundation.org. Join James next week at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.